All right, everybody. It's uh, we're back after a couple weeks of hiatus, and we're back. And it's the greatest time of the year. It's not Christmas. It's not Fourth of July. It's not. It's not Fourth of July. It's not our birthdays. It's not Thanksgiving. It's. No? Okay. <laughs> stick to your, st- stick to filmmaking, Christian. <laughs> okay. Uh, Agreed. But it's but it, it's the it's the mecca of uh, professional wrestling. It's WrestleMania, even though it doesn't feel like WrestleMania, it's still WrestleMania, uh, because we're still in the middle of a pandemic, and uh, wrestling's kind of on the downturn, a little bit, but. Uh, we're here. We're going to talk about some WrestleMania memories, and then we're going to go down the WrestleMania card to do our predictions. We're not going to do NXT because it's going to come well, out after NXT. Uh, well, some of the card. I mean, yeah. uh, if we cover as much as we can. So. Yeah. All right. But we're here with uh, Jimmy, who was here for the uh, the big LeBron James versus Michael Jordan rant. I'm sure. I'm sure there'll be a. But was a- that really? But the question is, was that really a rant? Because I didn't really... No, not really. That was more of a discussion, and you asked good questions, and I thought I gave somewhat decent answers, and I'm hoping to do the same here. Thanks for having me back. I mean, a certain trailer came out a couple of days ago that nobody wants to talk about, but that's, that's, a, yeah. that's another say that, podcast. Say that, say that for another episode. Yeah, that's, that's another episode. Um, so we welcome, we welcome Jimmy back, and um, but, but I wasn't on that episode um when you guys when you and jerry recorded with him so don't worry you um, came up in the discussion joe as you often do i what what can i i what can i say i provide good and bad effects uh, side effects you do you're the <laughs> nucleus of the group i've been saying that for a couple of years now i mean i think we're joe, missing i think joe would have been better for that podcast because he, he he can ask the better sports questions than me well the truth <laughs> of the matter is we still we still have a couple of episodes that we could do we, you know comic book wise movie wise there's tons of things that we could talk about. We got plenty. You want to turn uh, some really good books? Forget it. We have a series of new episodes coming. Jerry will be back with us real soon. He's a busy man these days, securing well, top-level interviews. Well, Jerry Jerry kind of – well, the, the last time we, we saw Jerry, I mean, the last episode we had the, uh, the, the three ugly He guys. got lost in – he got but, lost in Westview, New Jersey. Well, yeah. Well, what I'm saying is, he uh, we had the three ugly guys on, but that was taped before the one division episode, and the one and one division episode. Jerry was trying to interview Wanda Maximoff, and he accidentally uh, mentioned uh, Vision, and then we couldn't find them anymore. So, but we did. We found them. He's on his way back. He's recovering, and then he'll be he'll be back. Uh, He's probably passed out drunk and eating too much dessert and listening to slayer music somewhere in a, yeah. someone's car. Yeah. Um, um, any, he's having a, a change within. <laughs> so, so tonight we have a change with Dan, with Chris and I co-hosting for the second time. And Jimmy, with, in all his wrestling knowledge, we don't know what direction that might go. <laughs> the, the, the pages of Felucopedia have... Uh... They've diminished over the last couple of years. I'm not going to lie. I, I, if you if we were conducting this interview maybe three or four years ago, please, I'd be blurting shit out like crazy. I don't know if I'm going to be as sharp as I once was, but let me have it. So, so okay. So, uh, where do you guys consider to start 
of the road to WrestleMania? Do you consider it at the Royal Rumble itself or the days leading up to the Royal Rumble? Like after that last pay-per-view of the previous year or once the first person to me, to me, the road to WrestleMania always begins once the first person announces their entry into the rumble, because once you announce you're getting into that rumble, that your, your, your focus is the big sign. And I wish everyone would stop pointing at the sign. We get it. Oof. Personally, I love it, but I, they do overdo it. You know how they are. They always uh, hammer it. I, I'm I'm pointing to uh, to 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 the Star Trek poster I got over here. <laughs> Does that mean I'm going to be the captain of the Enterprise? I'm pointing David to my Karma. David Karma. That mean I'm going to become the Dark Knight. So. Um, <laughs> So this WrestleMania this year, it's going to feel normal again. Kind of. of, Yes, limited fans with the restrictions and the pandemic and all that. But we're getting two nights once again. And they're going to be performing in actual fans, not TV screens in an arena. The Thunderdome, uh, whatever they like to call it these days. We're at the Performance Center. But it is a sign of normalcy. And, you know... In my debut on the show, final, finally in the archives, that you know, it discussed my experience at WrestleMania 35 that was held here locally at MetLife Stadium. But this is a return to form of sorts. But, but it's going to be a welcoming sign when we're together on Sunday. But um, which you know, we're obviously recording before that. But when we're over Sunday watching day two of WrestleMania, it's a sign of normalcy. Actual fans in a football stadium watching WrestleMania. I mean, Joe, this is going to be your, your first time in Jimmy's house watching a WrestleMania in three years, almost? Four years. Well, because last year, we couldn't. The last time Joe and I watched WrestleMania together was WrestleMania 33, and that is a WrestleMania that I wish I could erase from my memory bank. What was 30? Oh, yeah, the 33. Yeah, yeah. 33 was when it was... Uh... Oh, yeah, because 34, I watched it from home. 35, Joe was at Wrestle. Joe was at the event. And then last year, nobody was at the event. Nobody was anywhere. <laughs> yeah. So, so what was the very first WrestleMania you guys all watched? Chris, you go I, first. I, I I I actually had this this question for Jimmy on set on Saturday, because uh, I asked him. I said, "What do you count as your first WrestleMania? Do you count your first WrestleMania as a fan, or do you count as the first one that you watched?" Well, see, for me. The first WrestleMania I watched, I was already a fan. Yes. I, I was already a fan after In Your House Buried Alive, October 20th, 1996. After that, I didn't miss a Raw. I didn't miss anything. So I went into WrestleMania 13 as a huge fan, and I was spoiled rotten because there were three particular matches that took place on that show that I absolutely wanted to see. I wanted to see Bret Hart and Stone Cold because I was a big Bret Hart fan. I wanted to see the Chicago Street Fight because I loved the Legion of Doom. And I wanted to see the title match because I knew that my guy, The Undertaker, was going to fucking challenge for that title. And I had no doubt in my mind that he was going to beat Psycho Sid. So, you know, that was that was my... And the fact that my guy won the title at my first WrestleMania... That, that it's just and plus he came out with his original outfit you know most people don't realize that was the last time undertaker wore the gloves the tie the 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 boot covers 
that was the last time he ever wore that stuff. And to me, that's always special whenever I see that because that's the original Undertaker. To comment on that main event, it was like it was like, it was like finally he won the championship after six years at that point because uh, you know he was battling every giant up to that point and every creature, uh, everything. Yeah, uh, Christian, for you. So my first WrestleMania as a fan, I didn't I didn't watch because. This was, this was, uh, I think it was a little harder because we were still in grammar school. So, like, I want my first WrestleMania as a fan was 19, which I still hold a special place in my heart, uh, for us. Good card. And then, um, so my first WrestleMania that I watched was 22. So, I got, oh, to wow. see, I got to see Edge versus Foley. I got to see, uh, uh, Ray Mysterio win the uh, the title, which is debatable whether or not um, that was the right move. Uh, actually, it's funny because on the Kurt Angle podcast, he talked about how or- Orton was supposed to win win that match, but his bad behavior prevented him from uh, from uh, winning it. But uh, and then I got to see I got to see Triple H beat uh, beat. Wow, that should have happened, but. I, I saw Triple H versus Cena where I remember, Joe, we, we were over a friend's house and we were both talking about, oh, you know, we, we, we just figured that Triple H was going to win because he always wins. And, but we were ready for him to be champion on like, like the last previous three years prior to that when he had the reign of terror. We were like, okay, like we're, we're ready to see Triple H with, with the belt again. He hasn't had it for like a year. So we were all like clamoring for it. And then, and then he didn't win, which was start i think of the of the descent of the cena hate i think well to comment on to comment on that wrestlemania i was still naive and oblivious to uh uh you know smart mark cities because especially that one was in chicago and at that time i was still under the whole oh you have definitely root for this guy and hate this guy so triple h you know for years i hated as the heel, the villain that he was. And yeah, you know, I admit that one time I was on the John Cena bandwagon and I, I was wondering why the hell these fans are booing Cena and rooting for Triple H, you know, you know, I was, that was 06, right? Yes, it yeah, was. was 06, yeah. So I was 18. So little by little, I started learning more about deeper in the IWC and stuff like that, but I couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around that. So, for me, my first WrestleMania as a fan, that was, I would say, probably WrestleMania 2000. And I was convinced with Triple H was definitely losing the title that night. And The he Rock was have. definitely going to... And The Rock was going to win. And then, you know, I was still at that age where I couldn't order the pay-per-view and things like that. And, and I asked somebody at school the next day, so the winner and still the champion is... Triple H, and then I learned what happened reading the results online. And, uh, you know, I watched everything leading up to WrestleMania 17 and was like scared. I can't believe, you know, everything that happened with Austin and McMahon now on the same side, which still blows my mind to this day. Everybody, Austin regrets it. it. Austin regrets it. He does regret it. And I still think it was the wrong decision in hindsight. I still think. I still think Austin should have won um, cleanly or some, it didn't have 
he could have won it. He could have won the same way he did with the chair, but aligning him with Vince was bad. And I agree with Jim Ross when he says putting Steve Austin with Vince McMahon is like taking John Wayne and making John him a, Wayne and making him a Nazi general. Who the hell is going to buy that? Nobody. I've heard, I, I've heard Jr. say that line a few times. Yeah. And but the first, the correct the first one I actually the December uh, was SummerSlam 2005. That's where it started. <laughs> That's where it all started. Uh, the first, uh, the one that I actually was able to watch was at a friend's house down the block, WrestleMania 18, Rock and Hogan. Um, well, we'll get to this with our favorite WrestleMania matches and moments, but you know, that's uh, that was the first WrestleMania I was able to watch as a whole instead of like clips. But so WrestleMania 18 yeah, was the first one I ever watched with that card. At the night after 18, I started watching. So when The Rock got booed out of the building in Montreal? Yeah, because everybody, all, all, all my friends in school were talking about this big match. And, I mean, I, I was aware of what was going on with wrestling. I just never watched it. And then I was like, all right, well, let's, let me give this a shot. And just to get into briefly the history of me becoming a fan was I watched it. Um, I, I watched it in 2002. I started watching it a lot more. Didn't really let it consume my life until uh until i think november of 2002 like i would say either the week before or the week after the elimination chamber because i remember watching sunday night heat and they showed um the video package of the elimination chamber and then they showed the chamber and i was like what is what is that, that? i was like what is that and how are they going to wrestle in that? And then they showed the video package the night after of them wrestling at it. And I was like, Oh, and then I just got completely hooked. That was, you know, and Brock Lesnar losing the belt, I think got me hooked too. Cause it was such a, it was such a compelling story. I remember Jimmy remembers this vividly. I remember walking, walking into grammar school and Jimmy had this like bewildered look on his face. And I was like, what happened last night? He goes, I go, well, what happened last night? And he goes, he got him up for an F5. And I'm like, <laughs> I remember this. I remember I'm this. Like, what do you mean he got him up for an F5? He goes, he lifted him up. He suplexed him. He threw him around like he was a cruiserweight. He threw him around like Rey Mysterio. And then he. I still don't know how Brock did that. That's how bewildered I am. And was at that point I became a a, a fan, like a full time fan, because I was like, "What?" So you, to segue with Brock Lesnar, um, and to get back to WrestleMania 19, you know that is one of the greatest WrestleManias of all time. When Absolutely. the Undertaker, when the Undertaker is in the opening match, I mean the streak wasn't the streak at that well, the point. Second match because Mysterio and uh, Matt Hardy was the first match. Oh, okay. It was one of it the was opening matches. One of Taker's weaker WrestleMania matches because there were so many other things on that card that you absolutely were hooked in, and Brock and Angle was one of them. Brock, uh, Brock and Angle closing uh, closing out for the title. And uh, the greatest visual and the greatest Vince McMahon visual ever. <laughs> yes, I agree. The best camera what, I off? ever got on Vince no, was him coming him. up from the apron, bloody, with that evil smile on his face. It's like, and Jesus. Jim Ross And Jim Ross going, it's like Satan himself rising from hell. <laughs> uh, 
uh, and you had the return of Roddy Piper interfering oh, in that, that match, you, hitting you, Hulk Hogan with a pipe. You you want you want to know what's funny with me about 2003 being like that being like the first full year of me being a fan was I missed the Attitude Era and I missed like watching WCW so I didn't experience that stuff but like 2003 was like the closest that I experienced because I had Rockham was still there I had Austin I had Hogan I had Roddy Piper I had all these guys returning so I kind of had my experience of watching like the old Attitude Era. You could say you can make an argument that. I know, I know, Christian, you would say SummerSlam 02, but you could say that maybe WrestleMania 19 and 03 was the the unofficial end of the Attitude Era at that point. I, I say like this. I say 17 marked the end of the Attitude Era, but I think the official... No. I think the official, like, gone, it was over with, I think was like the, like, maybe like WrestleMania 19. Because you still had yeah, because... guys there, but I think like... Either like nineteen or like twenty would be like the final like final curtain call for the Attitude Era. Like little little did we know that we didn't know how banged up Austin was. Like when he came back when from after he walked out on on the company again. That could be another podcast episode. Um, I thought he was back for good. He was going to wrestle yeah, every I'm week, so you know. And you know he had the mat, you know, and. Going into this match, we fought, we had a clear clear cut good guy, clear cut bad guy. Rock was the heel. Austin was the baby face, like the best like like it was like like it was the best version of the Rock, like it was in '99. Um, who was the clear cut villain, the clear cut hero going in? Um, seventeen face versus face leading up to the ending of that match. But I thought, you know, like I can easily get behind Austin because the rock was turning to an arrogant prick. He wasn't the guy I got behind. Um, but yeah, he was a great as a heel, but you know, but you want to know what the beauty of the rocks character was going into that WrestleMania. You want to know what the beauty of it was. They listened to the fans because they were booing and, him. And it's probably going to piss a lot of people off, but I'm going to say it. He got booed one night in, in SummerSlam. And guess what? They did what they're supposed to do. The crowd is telling you, you know what, Rock? You don't want to. You don't want to be here with us anymore. Get lost. So when the Rock came back, instead of ignoring it, like they do now, well, they've done for the most part. He embraced it. He made him. He made a new character out of himself, and it was the best version of the Rock that I've ever seen. And what's so sad actually, is it only lasted a few months. Actually, Jamie, to add to it, there was a second night. Um, when he went on his hiatus to go to Hollywood film movies, remember they did the uh, the the award. The it was a ten year anniversary of Monday Night Raw at the time at WWF New York, and The Rock uh, filmed a pre recorded segment. And when he was trying to talk, you hear you actually hear the fans at WWF New York booing him. I did not know about that. Right? Yeah. Um, and also that same night, Austin won Superstar of the Decade, and Vince McMahon accepted the award and said the reason why Austin's not here is because he was not invited. That planted the seeds that led to his return for that short run in early 03 before yeah. he unfortunately retired. So, but yeah, look it up when we're done on YouTube. Uh, I, I I forgot the name of the award show, but they had all the wrestlers. At WWF New York, fans were there. It was the uh, think, uh, it, it was the tenth anniversary. Tenth uh, anniversary, yeah. And and uh, Trish Stratus won uh, Diva of the Decade. Even though we should make the argument that it could have been Sable at the time, but um, uh, 
But yeah, it was a whole award show. So, but when The Rock appeared on screen in a pre-recorded video, um, you just hear booing like crazy. And then when he did his return in February of '03, uh, leading up to that rematch with Hogan, uh, that's when he came Hollywood Rock, Christian's favorite version. It's really the best version of The Rock. And if you look back at The Rock's character, he's a first of all, The Rock is a megastar. We need to make sure we establish that from Jump Street. He's one of the only megastars that the WWE's ever had. Hogan, Austin, and The Rock. They're legit megastars. The Rock's character from the beginning was influenced by how the crowd reacted to him. Because if you remember, Vince said he looked at Austin as someone that wasn't a top hand and Rocky Maivia was who he was going to go with. The fans didn't like him. They thought that they farted at the gimmick. They thought it was crap. So he joined the nation. He found himself. He became The Rock. And, you know, The Rock should thank his lucky stars that he was coming up in the 90s. Because I don't know if The Rock would have the freedom on the microphone that they have now because they just don't have it now. So to fast forward, um, one of my favorite matches in leading build, even though you can make the argument other people deserve that main event spot, it was The Rock's first singles match um, in WrestleMania 28 in his hometown of Miami. And um, were you guys, in looking back, were you guys a fan of, um, we'll get to the rematch a year later, but were you guys a fan of that match and the buildup leading to it and hints of realism of based on real life tension between Rock and Cena? I think, uh, I, I, I think, uh, it should have been, um, well, th- 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 this is, th- this is how I, I pitched it to, to Jimmy. I said, uh, I said 28 was perfect. It was perfectly fine. Buildup was fine. The match was great. The ending, the ending was the right was the right ending. And then I think if you were going to do the rematch, I think um, should have been at SummerSlam. No, it should have been a Rock should have been Hollywood Rock, the second match, because and you could have had the promo of Rock saying uh, WrestleMania twenty eight. The Rock beat your ass for the people. WrestleMania 21, The Rock is going to beat your ass for The Rock. I guess so. The only reason I don't think that would have worked, no one was going to boo The Rock. Especially not against him. Now, I believe if they were going to do the rematch, which I still argue wasn't necessary... I still maintain that it should have been Rock and it should have been Cena and Punk because that was a feud that, you know, you could talk about all the feuds in the history of wrestling that should have had a WrestleMania match. You know, you got matches like Hogan and and Savage. You got Brett and and Sean. You got Austin and Rock. Punk and Cena was a strong enough rivalry that it could have had a WrestleMania main event. Matches like Undertaker and Mankind, they never had a WrestleMania match. Would have been more than worthy. Um, if they were going to do that rematch, it should have been the genesis to turn John Cena heel. But they never went there. So we were talking about uh, The Rock and Cena from WrestleMania uh, from 28 and 29. So, Jimmy, before we go into what happened the following year and Hollywood Rock and heel 
did you did you like the match? Did you like the build up leading the into truth of the, the truth? The truth of the matter is, I went into it very skeptical because I did not expect The Rock to win. But right then, I started to look at it on a deeper level, and when I didn't hear him make any excuses for why he lost, I thought, okay, thank God, maybe this will be just a one and done. And then a year later, when we get to the rematch, I believe it was a Monday Night Raw before WrestleMania 29. And then John Cena turned around and said, and I gave, and, and this is why, you know, a lot of people get on me. They say, oh, you, you don't give him credit. I gave him the benefit of the doubt. And then he showed me why I should. He delivered the classic line. You didn't beat me. I beat me. And I'm like, beat my- really? You couldn't, you can't take a clean loss to the freaking rock. Like you showed, oh my God, that's why, and, and I'm not trying to be mean, but that's why anyone that defends this guy, it's like, dude, you were on top for a decade for a company that lost millions of fans. You have no excuses to make. I don't even like The Rock, but The Rock is a huge freaking star. He's probably the biggest star in Hollywood. So when The Rock won that match, I was genuinely stunned. Plus I was still shell-shocked from what I saw in the Hell in a Cell match earlier that night, because to me, the highlight of the night for me was when The Undertaker's about to make his entrance and about 15 people in my living room all take off their shirts and they got <laughs> Jimmy Mania t-shirts on. I'm like, what? Okay, let's go into the let's go into the backstory of leading up to oh that. Oh my so, God. I still to this so, day don't know the backstory behind that. So the, the, so, embry- the, embry- so the, so the- is the embryonic stages of it was at WrestleMania 27, when like a couple of weeks after 27, I made the comment to Joe about, you know, we should make shirts. Oh, Jimmy's God. face on it. And then Joe, How was did like, I know you were the breaking child behind this? And shit. then Joe was like, okay, let's remember this for next year. And I think like Joe thought, uh, oh, we're not going to remember. And then I remember, I think it was January or February. I called you, Joe. I was like. All right, it's time, Joe. <laughs> Let's figure out what. Well, would you say that? Would would you say the seats of Jimmy Mania or the shirt idea go back even a few years to two thousand nine? Um, when you, I think the first ever pay per view. Um, the first WrestleMania um, I that I ever I ever went the first WrestleMania I ever went to Jimmy was twenty five, and uh, I remember, remember Jimmy telling me he was like shit oh, WrestleMania, yeah. but 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 that one match, oh yeah. No, like, I, I remember Jimmy, like, because the joke, so, like, to get to the backstory of, like, the whole Jimmy Mania stuff, like, the joke would be in, in school, whether it be grammar school and high school, that, like, the months between January and, like, and, like, March slash April, whenever, like, that WrestleMania would be, would be, like, the three months where you, you'd get a headache because it's, like, that's all Jimmy would talk about would be, oh, the Jagger's got it, but, and it'd be, like, this mythical, like, event where jimmy would just like stress out every year and we all look at him going jimmy he's gonna win and jimmy would be like that little sliver of doubt where he thought oh man he's gonna well well, the the old joke at the line i came up with um which we should have put on a joke which uh should put on a shirt excuse me was four things guaranteed in life debt Taxes to shriek and Jimmy never shutting up about the shriek. Yeah, yeah, that 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 was the old that was the old joke. But like, I remember making a joke at WrestleMania 24. We were over a friend's house. I remember looking at my mom and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm not going to go to school the next day if Taker loses." And she was like, 
she was trying to talk me out of it, and I'm like, no, really, I'm not going to go to school if Taylor loses. Was that the match with Edge? That was the match with Edge. And then all of a sudden, like, it was like the second spear that Edge hit on The Undertaker, and I was like, nope, I'm not going to school. I was like, ugh. I'm like, I'm not going to school, but I'm not going to school, mom. And I, and I remember the referee was knocked out, and I'm like, the second spear, and I'm like, okay, what's happening? And all of a sudden, you see Charles Robinson, the referee, running down the aisle, and everybody in unison, like, it was something, I wish I, I, wish I had, like, a video of this. Everybody in unison jumps up out of their seats and starts mimicking like running like we're all like run 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 <laughs> but uh, but with the second spear like i'm like up oh, i'm not going i'm not going to school next day and then he gets him in the submission and edge taps i'm like all right i'm going to school the next day so it was 2011 Which, it or not, it was i actually sc- felt their i actually felt their backlash match was a little better even though if you guys were in the room with me for that match I lost my shit when I saw the coat taker war that night because that's kicking it back to the 97 days. And that's the undertaker I grew up on. I mean, I almost lost. I'm like, is he bringing the ministry back? That's what I'm thinking. So for, so was it 2011? We started discussing the shirt idea, Christian. Yeah. Yeah. It was 2011 that we started discussing the, the idea of, um, when did you coin the phrase, Jimmy mania, Jimmy mania running wild. Oh, oh god. Oh god. I actually don't remember like when we exactly we uh I want to know who picked out the picture is what I want to know. Oh well we know exactly we knew exactly what picture it was like a year prior. We were like well, I was drunk when I took that picture. Yeah. Did we did, wasn't the original idea was wasn't the original idea and when we met up were we met up and we went to the t-shirt store. We had his face on Hulk Hogan's body, yeah, that was but it wasn't original, working. The original one was, was we didn't have somebody to, uh, to, uh, to, I guess, Photoshop his head on Hogan. But that was the original idea was we wanted it to be on Hulk Hogan's face of him doing but, the, the Hogan pose. And then, and then Jerry and his wicked sense of humor, actually, didn't he end up using that photo years later when we did the surprise roast for Jimmy and put that image on the cake. Yeah. Yeah. That was the, that's uh, when I was getting married. Yeah. Oh my so God. yeah. So, so yeah. So Jimmy, we, we were secretly plotting on and off for that year from 11 to from 2011 to 2012. And Chris and I were bouncing off different ideas. And we, um, I think we even, since Giuseppe had the art background and went yeah. to the same school as you, Christian, we tried to convince him to to do the Photoshop job, but yeah. was he just too lazy and he didn't want to do it? Yeah, well, that's probably the reason. That's probably the reason. <laughs> but but Jimmy, what you don't I, know, but what you don't know about the shirts was that the shirts was going to be a yearly recurring thing where every year was going to be a different shirt. So my joke was my 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 joke for the shirts was going to be we were going to mimic the the star wars titles <laughs> jimmy so, mania strikes back. so the first one was jimmy mania the second one was going to be jimmy mania strikes back the third one was going to be return to jimmy mania then it was going to wow. be the, the phantom jimmy mania attack of jimmy mania revenge of jimmy mania and then i think it got to the point where i think they lined up perfectly to how taker streak was going so I think like I made the joke to Joe back in like 34. 
I said we should make a Jimmy Mania shirt because I think that thirty four was when he was gonna fight fight Cena. And I made the joke to Joe about how, like, oh, Jimmy's like dormant. He doesn't really want to watch wrestling anymore. That, that listen, the night oh, of WrestleMania, then, the night of WrestleMania thirty four. Yeah, I was sitting with Larry and my friend Chris from work, and we were watching Castlevania. I no, was I dead set on not watching no, because I know. of what happened so, the year before. So the joke was, the joke was, I said to Joe, this was when you said you weren't going to have it. I said to Joe, I says, well, you know what the shirt's got to be, right? And he's like, what? I says, it's it's got to say. The, the Jimmy Mania Awakens. Oh, God. Like, like, so, the okay. Mania, like the Jimmy Mania Why? Awakens. So when we were discussing ideas, like, I think I even came over to your house. Um, you did the best you could on the Hulk Hogan design with his face on the body. And we, um, I forgot the, which t-shirt show, shirt, uh, t-shirt sh- uh, shop we went to. Um, I need, through uh, our mutual friend Kyle, one of his bandmates at the time, this cool guy Manny worked at the shop, so he recommended coming there. So uh, the guy tried to mess around on the computer, try to see if it would work, but he said something with the lighting and the li- uh, alignment didn't work with the shirt, yeah. and and that's why so you came up with the smiley face uh, J- Jimmy Mania shirt instead of the uh... oh no, but remember the year prior, okay. So now, now I'm actually remembering the story a little better about the shirts. We're going back 10 years. Think yeah, about this. So, so like, so 27, 27, we all came to Jimmy's house holding wrestling signs. Like it wasn't even, yes. like, it wasn't even like protest, like some of it was protest signs, like protest Jimmy mania. Another one was like, don't watch WrestleMania with this guy. And then I think that's where I got the picture was, was the picture. Yes. And then it was, come on. You guys had my, you guys had my head on Hulk Hogan's body. Yeah, and then it was like, come on, come on, Undertaker. Undertaker. And then I, come and on, then, Undertaker. And then, and then, and then I remembered the joke. I told Joe at the day afterwards. I said, "Well, we did the signs. You know, it would be funny." And he was like, "What?" And then, shirt. We we should do the shirts. And we both went, "Ha ha ha!" Yeah, wouldn't that be funny? He he he, t he he. So not not taking the, not so, taking it seriously. And then a year later, I was like, "You know, we should do the shirts." So we fast forward. So. When was it when Taker was it after when Triple H made his entrance? When Taker, uh, when the gong went off, that we it all was, stood it up. It was the first gong. When the first gong went off, we all looked at each other and then we took the shirts you, off. I remember Chris saying, Oh, I feel hot in here. Oh, yeah, I remember, just, I'm like, Jimmy, is it hot in here? And then, and then, and then, and then, like, Jerry was like, You know, it is hot in here. And Joe was like, Wow, I'm really hot. And I said, Oh man, we should take our shirts off. And we took the shirts off, and underneath our shirts had the Jimmy Mania shirt. But the funny part about it was, was, was your, your, your dad walked in, Jimmy, and you're like, gee, it's really hot in here. And then he took his shirt off and he had the Jimmy Mania shirt on too. No, I don't think we, I don't think we did a shirt first. Did we get, did we give a shirt? We did. He, uh, you guys, let me tell you something that took effort and I'll never forget that because I look back on that fondly now. At the time, I'm like. At the time, you were like, these, these assholes are fucking with me. Yeah. But I look back on it now, I'm like, that was freaking neat. I have to say, it was freaking neat. Uh, and I think I wore, I think I wore that shirt. I think I did wear that shirt underneath the shirts I wore at WrestleMania 29. And I think I did have the shirt, um, at being your uh wedding party the day you got married too. Yeah. <laughs> 
I think I think my wife actually wore the. I think my wife wore the Jimmy Mania shirt to WrestleMania 29 as well. I I know I still have it buried somewhere. It definitely doesn't fit me so anymore. As I, it's somewhere, but you oh, know, yeah. we have the memories, and that's all that matters. Uh, my the funny the funny I think the funniest Jimmy Mania moment to me. I think was we're all at Jimmy's house for 27 and we're sitting there and there was like rumblings about something with Metallica. There were rumblings. We didn't know exactly what was going on, Joe. And all of a sudden the lights went out in, in the arena and the gong went off. I remember you and me looked at each other. We were like, that's not the gong. And then in gong, the it was the, it was talked. the, uh- and then Joe, you being the Metallica fan, started flipping out. You're like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" Because Triple H, uh, Triple H, and Taker in real life are huge Metallica fans themselves. And Triple H said, "For whom the bell tolls" is his favorite song. So they did the opening to it, which led into his normal Motorhead theme, uh, "Time to Play the Game." So um, it was confirmed. Was it Triple H or Taker that confirmed that if they did have WrestleMania as planned um, before the pandemic, Metallica was going to play tr- Taker to the ring in his match apparently, last year, yeah, which would have been uh, apparently. apparently he was, which would have blown my mind. He was gonna, he was gonna, and Code Orange was going to play he, the theme to the ring. Gonna, Code Orange was supposed to play him too. He was going to he was going to come down as Biker Taker, and I and I just to see him in the motorcycle one more time would have been Biker. Oh, he would have been a, he would have been the mashup. Yeah, he he would have been the Holy Trinity, as he called it. Don't laugh, and I'm not trying to change the subject, but on the collective page, when I did the invasion, when I when Undertaker makes his return, I didn't have him as the Dead Man. I had him as a hybrid of the Biker and Dead, so he was kind of like a Ghost Rider type thing. So I had no so you, problem so with him doing of... that. So you kind of call it away. So your collective page is separate from our collective podcast. This is your pro wrestling yes, collective yes. page. Yes, yes. You're the collective yeah. podcast, and, and we're for the pro wrestling collective. If you feel free to plug that if you want. Um, yeah, we got a we, we got we got a nice group of guys. We get new members every other week, which is cool. We get we have good discussions. Son of a bitch. <laughs> so so I guess if you want to start bouncing around some of our favorite matches, um, so I would I'll like start to with start, if that's okay. I would like to start. Go, go ahead. Um. We start strong, Savage and Steamboat. I mean, Jesus Christ, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, who went on to have classic matches with guys like Ric Flair, Rick Rude, Steve Austin, etc. And then you get, you know, the Macho Man Randy Savage. You know, I got no shame in saying that when it comes to wrestling, the Macho Man Randy Savage is always in my top five. He has been steadily in my top five. Since I started keeping one, you know, like he's a must just like Taker is for me. And I don't know where everybody else feels, but I always felt that the Macho Man Randy Savage was just as great as Hogan because Hogan was great. Much as I'm not oh, a fan doubt. of his, much as I'm not a fan of his, I acknowledge Hogan's star power aside from Austin is unmatched. But to me, Macho Man it was just as great. That's just me. No, 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 nothing wrong in what you said there. Christian, do you want to pick a match? Oh, man, there's too many to... Uh... 
You don't have to pick your favorite. Just one of you. You know, we're, we're going to throw around a few. We're just so. going to throw a few around, Chris. Oh, boy. Um, and he doesn't have to be in chronological order either. Go whatever WrestleMania comes to your mind. Oh, man. Um, it's a controversial match. It's not Goldberg-Brock 2004, is it? No, it's uh, – well, it's <laughs> – well, you're at the you're at the correct WrestleMania. Um, okay. The, the title match. The, the title event? match. Yeah, Benoit. Well, just say it. it. Fine. Benoit, Benoit Shawn Michaels, and Triple H. I think was. I love that match. I mean, just the, just the drama of it, and you can you can like argue whether or not Shawn Michaels deserved to be in that match or not, but match uh, turned out just fine. Yeah, match turned out just fine, and. Uh, the right person won. The you blood, know, regardless the blood, of what the we blood, think of the, the guy drama, now. The drama was perfect. I think the perfect ending for me was like he he had Triple H in the crossface. Then true looked like Triple H was gonna get out of it by flipping, flipping him <laughs> over. And then he held in the on the center of the ring. He had him in the center of the ring and he's still holding on, still holding on, and then he tapped out. And then the whole arena like erupted, like the like the building shook, and just the wave of emotion coming out of like Benoit's face, and then Eddie Guerrero coming out, and that 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 image at the end I think really stands out to me. If if you go back to that match, actually you could actually hear the garden ch- chanting "Let's go Benoit" because they knew what was going to happen. Yeah. They wanted to see the underdog finally win the title. Uh, I remember that, that rumble you know, match too was still one of one of my favorites. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I remember with that match to piggyback off of you, Christian. That I, you know, still being at that stage where I hated Triple H so much, and <laughs> when I realized Benoit finally won, I was legitimately cursing. I was usually saying "fuck you, Triple H," "fuck you, Triple H," over and over again because <laughs> you know. Listen, as much as, much as as much as we like what he what he does with NXT and all that, I will always and this sticks and this sticks to the topic of WrestleMania. I will always say "fuck you, Triple H," for two reasons involving WrestleMania: Booker T and Sting. Fuck you, mother. Fuck you. you. Well, you, you could, but you could give Triple H credit here from '04 to. 06 putting over Benoit Batista and unfortunately John Cena in Chicago. Oh, no, um, listen, Cena going over was the right move. Listen, most of us don't like him, but we can acknowledge when it was right for him to go over. It was right for him to go over because it was his oh, time. So, so to go back to, I guess I'll, I'll stick. So one of my favorite matches, I guess to go to stay on WrestleMania 20 and to go back to the undertaker, the return of the dead man. Yeah. So keep in mind. So keep okay. So keep in mind. At this point, I was well aware. I saw plenty of video of classic Undertaker, but right around the time when I was truly becoming a fan, you know, Taker was out for a while with an injury from late '99 to the spring of 2000. And then, don't get me wrong, I was a fan of American Badass Taker from those two or three years. He was that character or that version of Taker. But when I started reading reports and hints, you know, um, that we were going to get the dead man back and, you know, like there was hints of it, like in the feud with Vince McMahon leading up to the Bury Alive match at Survivor Series 03 and then Kane interfering. And then just that entire build. And this shows you how 
great of a wrestler and a character Kane was um, getting inducted to the Hall of Fame this year. Like the, uh, you know, unfortunately he didn't have the mask, but he it was better off not having the mask in that buildup. Like just everything they did, like the gong at the Royal Rumble. Uh, uh, what else? The weeks of the weeks oh, standing of, it, the weeks of mind games. Stand the weeks of mind games. Standing in the ring and it was raining. Uh, they had a coffin in the ring, and just what was inside. Freakouts. <laughs> The urn was inside. <laughs> That's the when I started to really listen. I was excited when I knew he was coming. Once the buried alive match happened, I knew he was coming back. But when I saw the urn, you were depressed, Jimmy. Come on, you oh stop it! I was thirteen. Shut your mouth. But but when, every day, when every day, in I was excited. <laughs> I told you could ask Nicole. I told her the second Taker said he was going to fight Vince in a buried alive match, I said Nicole, he's coming back. And he's going to be in his original gimmick. But when I saw the urn, I said, you've got to be kidding me. Paul's going to be there because I'm one of those people. And I still oh, believe yes! Paul Bear and The Undertaker are a package deal. Not a package deal like Brock and Heyman where Brock needs Heyman because Undertaker didn't really need Paul Bear after 96. He was fine on his own, but them together to me always was better. And when, you know, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't really say that Paul was going to be there. They snuck him into the garden that night. And when his voice came over the loud, if you actually look on YouTube, there is a live video of Kane and Taker's entrance in that building. When Paul's voice comes over the loudspeaker, the building shook. The building yeah. shook. I can, I can oh. tell you, I, I can tell you, uh, I, I, of course, I told you when I started watching wrestling, it was in 02. So that was deep. Well, that was in the, uh, the, uh, the waning days of the American Badass um, gimmick. But like, you would always see, like, I always heard of like, The Undertaker being dead originally and him having this original gimmick. And, and I never really like saw I, I videos all I saw was just uh highlights highlights and images of it so I really wasn't like on prepared for it same so when he came back I was like I was like oh oh he's he's gonna be the original guy and I was expecting him to look like like 97 taker or um or like uh, or, or like 90 98 taker to my disappointment, when I saw him it, in the I, biker gimmick, I remember I looked at, I remember I told Jimmy the next day in school, I was like, he just looks like biker taker with long hair. I was disappointed myself because I wanted to see the gloves, the boot covers. I wanted to see the original Undertaker. And Paul Bear, he did an interview with Jim Cornette on, in Ring of Honor years ago. Me and Christian loved that one. We watch it as much as we can because it's just the road stories they tell are just hysterical and the rib stories. Well, he said, people always asked him, is he ever going to do that again? And unfortunately he never did. But I was having the same reaction. Well, I had the same reaction when he came out um, at at that WrestleMania 20 entrance. Like, I'm like, he looks the same, but in hindsight with Bruce Pritchett later explained to convince him 
uh, to go back to that original character to make yeah, it a hybrid, and mm -hmm. and it made it, and it kind of made it so much better in a way because it carried him to you know up into his retirement. The hybrid, he still used the last ride. Uh, eventually, you know, he still used the last ride. The um, triangle choke and all that. The, the triangle stuff. choke and stuff like that. Like, yeah, of course they wanted him to at least come back to wearing the classic purple gloves, a uh, gray. But I guess. You know, you're right. In order to, you're right. You're correct. But to get, but to go back to that night, like, but when he came out, Paul Bearer, the Druids, the eerie uh, music that led into the gong. You know, we got the modernized Dead Man that carried us pretty much for that next decade to 15 years. You know. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, uh, I guess. Um, I guess. I guess we'll go to Jimmy for a match now. So. Well, uh, piggybacking off of what we just talked about, I'll go to WrestleMania 14, where they concluded a year-long, almost a year-long story from the Revenge of the Taker in your house when the Undertaker burned Paul Bear's face. And then Paul Bear cut the promo saying that he had a secret that he swore on the Undertaker's parents' graves that he would never tell. And that secret led to the revelation that he had a brother. And then I, I'll never forget, I watched every Raw. I watched every Nitro. Taker smacking Paul Bear in the face, demanding he tell the truth. And then he said, Kane's alive. I'm like, Kane's alive, Undertaker! When Larry and I Damn, met I Kane, when Larry and I met Kane, he actually did the line, as Paul Bear in the Paul Bear outfit to Kane's face, and Kane was like, "Damn, that's good." And uh, I wish I wish we could. I wish we had Larry on to do his great. I know Larry. Right now. Larry so. would be a great guest on this show. He has so much knowledge, not just we, wrestling, but everything. But going back to the to the story, Paul kept yeah. on hinting that there was a brother, and then Kane shows up. That of course, you know, first ever Hell in a Cell, greatest Hell in a Cell of all time rips the freaking door off, tombstones the Undertaker, and Taker would not raise his hands to his brother. And then he burns him in the casket. Oh, my God, the buildup. Taker would not touch his brother until he finally said, I can't stand what I can't stand no more. And that was the night in Boston when the Druids came out with all the – that was like the longest mass of Druids I ever saw Taker have. And then he came out. I'll never forget this because I'm a big Count Dracula aficionado, as you guys know. He came out with the Count Dracula style leather cape. And I'm sitting there with my jaw. So hanging. cool. So oh, cool. Man. With the thunder effect added to his theme music. And Kane is just staring into the abyss. Now, later we find out Kane was having Kane was having anxiety at that moment because he's like, oh my God. And Paul had his hand on his wrist saying, your pulse is going crazy. Glenn, calm down. <laughs> because well, I mean, I mean, was it, it, oh, it, it, I'll blame him. It was, well, I mean, he probably had anxiety from uh, tombstoning Pete Rose, but that's another story. Oh, that was, that was just pure comedy. Yeah, that know. was pure comedy. But that match doesn't nearly get the love that I think it deserves because Taker and Kane had a damn good match. It told a story and that Kane kicks out of the freaking tombstone? That never happened. Oh, yeah. Kicked out of two. And then 
even though Kane lost the match afterwards, he bludgeons the undertaker as if to say, guess what? I ain't done yet. And of course it continued onward. But to me, that match was the first great match of the streak. And, you know, I firmly believe that if he wasn't injured, Shawn Michaels and Austin would have had a much better match. Please see their King of the Ring 97 match because that was that was amazing. But Taker and Kane stole the show that night. That was amazing. It was amazing. Christian, you pick a match. Uh, well, Joe stole my uh, my t- my Taker uh, or you or you stole my Taker uh, Kane uh, WrestleMania 20. Um, no, it was Joe. Oh yeah, it was Jeff. Uh, I chose fourteen. I blame Jerry, so just blame so... Jerry. <laughs> wow. Hey, so I guess so. Okay. So Kurt Angle, Kurt, Kurt Angle versus uh, Shawn Michaels. Yes. Oh that yeah. That was on my list too. Go ahead, Christian. Bobby um, Heenan said it was the best match you ever saw. God bless Bobby Heenan. Yeah, it was It was the best match. I think it was – that was a pretty good – I mean, that was a really good WrestleMania. That was the best card top to bottom I've um, seen in years. From top two, to bottom, two not spots, a dud. Two spots that really stand out to me was when Kurt Angle uh, went for the angle slam on the outside, and he angle slammed Shawn Michaels on his back on the, uh, the, on, ring, post. On the ring post. Because uh, because everybody remembers Shawn Michaels had back back problems and I was like oh shit he's gonna murder him and then Shawn Michaels every WrestleMania every, every WrestleMania Shawn Michaels tries to break that damn announcer's table and for some reason that announcer's table always says nope that announcer's table says fuck you twenty four he's try he tried to break it at twenty four he tried to break it at twenty one nothing he succeeded think- in twenty six though. He yeah. succeeded in his last match. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the oh, announce table. Match. Well, the announce table was probably like, okay, I'll, 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 I'll give you this one. But uh, <laughs> and then Kurt Angle doing, of course, because he has to do it, and he always misses the, uh, the, uh, the, the moon salt, the moon salt. And then the, another great uh, segment was he's yelling at Shawn Michaels, "I'm gonna make you tap," and Shawn Michaels pushing him and then super kicking him, and you think, "Oh my God, that's it!" And then. Him that was a great him, match. Him getting him in the ankle lock, and then, and then Shawn Michaels tapping. Yeah, not, nothing could have followed. I don't, I don't even know what match nothing. followed that. I don't even know what followed that match. It nothing been, could follow that match. It might have been either uh, the Roddy Piper and Austin um, segment, segment, or uh, or the Akibono Big Show match. <laughs> oh God! So, um, so mentioning. A match with Shawn Michaels or Undertaker from WrestleMania, it's hard not to. So I'm going to try to mention something. We'll go back to a few of their matches. So um, I guess, and I, um, I'm i going to pick Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Bret Hart, WrestleMania I knew you were 13. I that one. I can sense it. Great choice. And, and I told, when in our infamous Bret Hart uh, meet and greet that day, the autograph signing, Jimmy, that forever affect your life in, in every good way possible um i told i, I wore an austin, I, I i wore that austin three a shirt that 
thank God still fits me. Um, I wore an Austin 316 shirt because I didn't have a Brett shirt at the time, but I told him that was my favorite match of his, but, you know, not reacting in his usual way, just stare, you know, that blank stare. Um, but talk about great storytelling, um, physical, that match made Austin is still the heel, but that match is the ultimate example of a d- double turn, and you could still put somebody at the next level in a loss done correctly. Absolutely, absolutely. Because what that what they did in that match, Austin didn't lose that match clean. He passed out in the sharpshooter. So what they accomplished in that match is a lost start. What they accomplished was they made both guys look good, even though one guy won and one guy lost. Because they protected Austin's character. See, now, if Austin would have bled and said, I quit, it wouldn't have had the same effect. Because Austin passed out in the sharp, she said, you know what, Brett? I'd rather pass out from the pain than, than say, I quit to you. So screw you, Hitman. He won people over. And, of course, it was a smart city, whatever. I hate when people use that because those are the cities that Vince always gauged his wrestlers in front of. Because if you could get over in Chicago, audience, Chicago, if you could get over in the New Yorks, the Philadelphias, the Texas, the Chicago's, if you could get over in front of them, you can get over in front of anybody, you know. And Vince, like I said, Vince used to gauge his his wrestlers in front of those audiences because they're the hardest to please. And so uh, Austin was spectacular, ahead, and so was Brett. I'm sorry, no, Austin was spectacular, and so was Brett. Please continue. So, um. Actually, that leads me to a side question. Do you? I know WrestleMania has got so big that it is the standard now to put it to have it hosted in a in a football stadium. But for the visual, do you like? Do you think it's better in an arena like the I miss uh, MSG. size MSG, I miss or do you like really? the visual like when we attended twenty nine at a football size stadium, like uh, when we went to MetLife Stadium? What do you guys think? I miss the I miss MSG, and yeah. I know that ever consider going there again for a WrestleMania. Well, because it's but, too expensive. To, but to the thing, shelter. but but the thing is, it's number one, it's hollow ground. Number two, it's where WrestleMania was born. And yeah, the history in that building, it's something else, man. And if you tell people WrestleMania is going to be in Madison Square Garden, it just it adds something to it, and. You know, to me, that goes – to me, WrestleMania MSG should have been hand-in-hand. Hand. Like, I loved it when they did it. WrestleMania 10 was an MSG. WrestleMania 20 was an MSG. I was hoping that for WrestleMania 30 it would have been an MSG because I wanted to go, and I'm glad that I didn't, and I'm glad it wasn't there because if I would have been in the building for WrestleMania 30, I might have had a coronary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Joe mentioned a great match, and he didn't want to mention Sean or Taker, and I'm going to piggyback off that. The match I'm thinking, to me, is the greatest WWE championship match in the history of WrestleMania. Hulk Hogan and Yokozuna. (laughs) In my personal opinion, and that is the Nature Boy Ric Flair defending against the Macho Man. Oh, yeah. I mean, the story going into that match was so personal. She was mine before she was yours. The whole thing with Flair, Liz. And Savage. The fake photos, the fake photos which, in the magazine. Bobby Heenan was going off on the centerfolds that they were going to reveal, which never saw the light of day because I think Savage would have killed them. But Savage and Flair 
for a semi-main event, which will always piss me off because Sid and Hogan just had to go on last, which is dumb. If it was Flair and Hogan, I would totally, even if it wasn't for the title, if it was Flair and Hogan, I'd say, you know what? It's, it's the match that people wanted to see. It should go on last. But Flair and Savage was for the belt. They killed it out there. They beat the shit out of each other, told a story from beginning to end, and then the shit that happened after the match. Oh, my God. I've just never seen a WWE title match at WrestleMania that was better than Savage and Flair. Never. And to me, it's just... It, to me, it's the standard bearer. If I'm going to measure a WWE title match at WrestleMania, I'm measuring it against that. I'm going to... Um, after Christian goes, I'm going to mention a WWF title match that w- for um, my next pick. But go ahead, Christian, for your sure, pick. Yeah. Uh, wow. Um, so uh, I'm going to say for my one of mine is a match that almost didn't happen at WrestleMania um, because of injuries. But uh, I'm going to say uh, another. Uh, it's another Kurt Angle match. But uh, Kurt Angle versus Brock Lesnar. WrestleMania 19, back to that when we go. Yeah, WrestleMania. Hey, look, it's uh, it's one and of match my, to go back to one of my favorites. It's a stack. It's a stacked match. It's a stack, but continue, Christian. One so. of my favorites. I mean, the match was great on the top bottom, and the match was going to be great regardless of what happened at the end. <laughs> but uh, people that are listening and that don't know what happened, Brock Lesnar. Everybody knows who Brock Lesnar is, whether you UFC fan or WWE fan or just in general, because you know he's or a collegiate wrestling fan. Yeah. So uh, he he's this big hulking guy who really you could sit there and go, he doesn't really do a lot of high flying moves, but there was this legend that he was able to do a shooting star press. I remember uh, reading those reports as a kid. Yeah. When when uh, when he was in the farm team or the developmental uh, section of WWE and he was going to break this out of WrestleMania. It was going to be this this big WrestleMania moment that was going to be the end of all WrestleMania moments. It was going to be the moment that it was going to be replayed and sure enough, it, regardless of what happened, it was, it was a WrestleMania moment. He goes and does the shooting star press. Kurt Angle is a little too far away in the ring. So Brock Lesnar tries to adjust himself winds up landing on his neck. And if it wasn't for Brock Lesnar being a brute that he is, probably could have killed himself. He probably could have. Easily. Could have easily killed himself. All he got was a pretty severe concussion, which again, you sit there, you go, how? And he wound up winning the match. But Kurt Angle was going into that match needing uh, neck fusion surgery. So he didn't have any feeling in his left arm. It couldn't, couldn't, couldn't lift his left arm over his head. Was going all out, even though everybody told him, you don't need to go all out, just get through the match. And Kurt Angle, being the competitor that he is, was like, no, I want to make Brock Lesnar. And he made him that night, and they both yes, came did. out of it. They both came out of it freaking injured. But boy, what a, uh, what a match. So for mine, it's kind of two matches in one, but they're both connected. Uh WrestleMania 30, the first match and the last match. So the Daniel Bryan-Triple H match alone 
is easily a match of the year candidate for 2014. And, and that's, um, you know, we don't, we would need like maybe two or three podcast episodes to cover that entire storyline and the fan reaction, but finally, but, but doing things right. And I remember in the triple H match, I jokingly counted past 18 seconds. So they didn't repeat what happened two years earlier in the, from 28 in the Sheamus match, but the triple H and Daniel Bryant put on a clinic. I think it went nearly 30 minutes with the stipulation, the winner advances to the main event into the WWE title match and um, Brian wins. And then Triple H being that great villain, once again, you know, attacks him after the match with a steel chair hurt, but then um, another epic triple, ma- uh, triple threat match 10, 10 years later after um, uh, the Benoit what happened at 20 Benoit Michaels and Triple H and then Daniel Bryan, uh, they did everything possible, like to beat them down, the double teams, the Batista bomb RKO through the announce table, etc. But still, you know, just to uh, uh, just to see that visual of him with you know, you know, Yeslemania, and but it was the three of us, you know, come. And uh, I think Nicole has lost the, our ship. That uh, I, I, I know, no, I know Nicole has that video somewhere. Um, but the three of us, like you know, down in front of the TV doing yes, yes, yes. Um, and uh, I, I remember being on the phone with Christian a few weeks before in that Raw when they did the occupy, the yes movie occupied the ring. And, and but the fact that, you know, the storyline was Brian demanding the match for Triple H, but, you know, but we want him to compete for the title. And then when he said like, oh yeah, one more thing, I want to compete for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, then I just lost it. You know, and uh, but uh, I know for him, he's I know over time he said that you know everyone's gonna pick that match, and for you know, he had things going on in his personal life, he lost his dad at that time. But um, that visual at the main event, and they made things right, and you know, they listened to the fans for once, etc. But uh, the combination of those two matches, especially that main events, still sticks out to me. So, what were you gonna say, Jimmy? You, 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 you took my next choice, and that was Triple A Daniel Bryan. And you know, I will always maintain. I always felt that the main event of WrestleMania should have been the champion Triple H against Daniel Bryan. I always that was what I was kind of hoping for. Well, we because... all we all joked back earlier, late late in the year prior, at that TLC match when they were unifying the belts. I remember joking with you, Jimmy, be like, "Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be funny if just like Triple H just walked out and be like, fuck these two, and just walked up the ladder and exactly. just grab?" And that's what I was. That's what I was hoping for, <laughs> because I think the match with Triple H and Daniel Bryan, if that's the main event of WrestleMania. Mm-hmm with the match we got, would anyone really have been disappointed with that? No. I don't then, think so. And then my, my additional joke to that was, uh, was that, was that, oh, tri- Triple H missed the, uh, the invasion and the end of the invasion storyline was they unified the belts. And I'm like, oh, he missed that. So he was going to, re- so the unified the belts against you, he's going to be like, oh, oh well, God. Yeah. Yeah. I missed that the last time. Fun. But yeah, we Daniel, at- Bryan, Daniel Bryan and Triple H put on 
a damn good match. You know, I'll always, I'll always maintain. Yes, they did the right thing, but they were forced to because Punk walked out and Batista got rejected. And I always will feel sorry for Batista because he came back. You know, I, I, I look back on that and I say, you know what? Maybe if instead of having him win the Rumble, you have him feud with Brock. We could have got that Brock Batista match we always wanted to see. You get Brian against Triple H. You do, you do freaking Cena and Orton. Keep them away from the Wyatts. Keep them away so that way Bray doesn't get buried. Do the Wyatts in the Shield, and then you have Brian and Triple H for the title. I thought that would have been nice, but anyways, fancy booking another time. Triple H and Daniel Bryan put on a great match. It took you on a roller coaster ride, and what was so great about that to me, there was truth and fiction mixed in. Do I think they respect Daniel as a human being? Yes. Do I think they ever looked at him as a main event level player? No. Because I firmly believe SummerSlam 2013 was supposed to be it for him because they already signed Batista to come back and that was going to be it. Thank God they did. Because could you imagine Batista and Randy Orton closing after the streak was broken? That would have been uncomfortable and that's why wrestlemania 30 for me will always be the yeah but wrestlemania yeah daniel bryan got the belts but the undertaker's undefeated streak ended and since we're talking about wrestlemania i feel like we got to talk about that and it, it 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 hurts me to say this but the undertaker in his recent interview with steve austin the, the brothers of destruction uh, documentary admits the decision to end the streak happened that very day and he didn't want to do it and I look back and I'm like man Mark if there was ever a time for you to play the card and be selfish that was the time dude look I, agree. I just feel bad I feel bad because it's a piece of history that you could you can't get back now see like if he would have lost the streak to Bray or if he would have lost it to a heel Roman, yeah, I wouldn't like it, but I could at least respect and understand the decision because you're making somebody else. By Undertaker's own, this ain't me. This ain't a dirt sheet. This isn't the internet. This is Mark Calloway himself. Brock didn't need it. Brock didn't become a bigger star as a result. It, to me, it'll always leave such a sour taste in my mouth because Vince asked him, who's going to beat you if not Brock? And Taker flat out said, nobody. Uh, and, that, and that's all I'll say on that subject. Um, what was I going to say? I think it was Christian. You had any other matches? Or yeah, Christian. We go? Uh, well, how, uh, well, how I'll, much I'll, time we have left? Well, we got a little longer, and then we'll get into the 37 matches and see our predictions, but... I'll say this for, like, not necessarily, like, a match. Even though the match was good, but the, but nobody remembers the match, just just the ending with the, uh, the, the big uh, moment that we all were just, like, shocked and we were, like, yelling was um, WrestleMania 31, the heist of the century, or it's called the heist of the century. The Seth Rollins, in your basement. The Seth Rollins cash-in. Uh, like piggybacking what Jimmy was saying, like the whole Daniel Bryan thing, we all thought that um, 
uh, uh, that Danny Bryan was going to come back and win the Rumble the year later because he had neck surgery and he didn't really lose the title. He had to forfeit it. And it was the built-in storyline of him coming back, winning the Rumble and um, facing Brock Lesnar for the title. And they still could have had Rollins. They still could have had it. They still could have had the cash in. Yeah. And Brian and Brock proved that they could could work together. But they had Roman uh, win. And uh, you had the match. The match was pretty solid. I mean, that match was better than than their 33? That was their best match they ever had. Yeah. That was their best match. What, 33 or or 31? 34 was when they wrestled the second time. 34 is when they wrestled the second time. 31 was the first time. They wrestled 31 match. Yeah. So, and then the spear happened and the referees knocked out. And, and at that point I was like, well, you know, they're going to, they, they, they're going to make Roman, which is okay. I, I was okay with it. Um, and then you forgot about the cashing because that's never happened. Nobody's ever cashed in at Mania. It was one of those like forbidden. Things. In the middle of a match. Yeah. You it, introduced that element. It was one of those like forbidden things that you thought of like, well, it's WrestleMania. I mean, the cash in really shouldn't be out of mania unless you're cashing it in like prior a prior and you're announcing it. It was one of those like, eh, I don't know if it should happen type thing. But all of a sudden you hear Seth Rollins music. He runs down, he gets the curb stomp. And I'm thinking, oh, Roman's still going to win because they're going to, he's going to find a way. And then as soon as he hit the curb stomp on Roman and he pinned him, and you hear JBL as terrible as a as a commentator as he was, really was like was like He's okay. He was ho- he was homing his his Jim Ross uh, uh, stuff. Was like it was the heist of the century. He's he's like yelling and screaming. And no, Michael I, Cole said that. Michael oh yeah, Cole said Michael, that. Cole, Michael Cole. Michael Cole. Um, sorry, they all blend in. Michael Cole. It's the heist of the century. Unfortunately, you're right. They do all blend in, and it's he's not for, ru- and it's not a good reason. He's running up the ramp, and and you can just tell Brock's pissed, and Roman's just like laying there, like what the hell just happened? And that that that's a to me that was one of like the last moments recently that I think I can say that was really good. I'd really have to think back and be like, okay, what was like the, these last I think like six WrestleManias? What would be like? The most recent one I could say was a was a pretty cool moment. So um, I guess um, before we get into the uh, this year's mania a little bit, I, I um, have the card up. So just in case, uh, real quickly, we touched upon this a little bit, but uh, Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker WrestleMania twenty five. Yeah, many consider many consider many consider the greatest match. Period, but it probably. Is. It is the greatest match in the history of WrestleMania. Like to me, it's I remember the greatest leading match up in the history to of the business. I remember I've seen a match that was like better. I remember leading up to that year, like you know, speculating, you know, teasing. Mm-hmm. Oh, is it, is it really going to happen? Are, are they going to do it? <laughs> are they going to do it? And I remember Jimmy at the time, um, getting so mad at Shawn Michaels, especially when he came out. As reverse taker in the all white, the white hat, white jacket, pure mockery. Um, mockery. And that was that was on a SmackDown. I remember I was over someone's house. I pulled up, you know, WWE.com to see the or the video. And I witnessed, and then all of a sudden takers appears out of the <laughs> ring. And but um, but anyway, getting back to the match itself, uh, you know, I should have been at your house that year, Jimmy. Um yes. 
Uh, I was. Oh, I watched did you it miss, up. Uh, did you, well, you 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 made it up for it the year later. You made it up at twenty six, but I remember that. That was my first ever pay per view at your house. But yes, it anyway, was. I, so watching it at someone's house, but when Shawn Michaels kicked out of the tombstone, I spilled beer on you on spilled the, the beer. No, I know, shocking. No, no. Uh, <laughs> but considering where I considering where I was, I took I should have taken a shit on the carpet too. But anyway, uh, so <laughs> anyway, so I remember drinking a beer, spilled it. Um, amazing what was going on. I remember blurring out, Shawn Michaels kicked out of the tombstone, and you know I was so torn because you know you know as Jimmy you and Shawn Michaels, you, he's your yeah. guy, and there's nothing wrong. So with yeah, so but, as you're yelling fucking, at Joe. Joe, so as you're yelling, Shawn Michaels kicked out as the Undertaker. There's Jimmy in the corner, brooding with like the whole the whole room is lit. Just that one corner has like a silhouetted person, anger, anger on his face. Did he leave the? <laughs> did he leave the? Didn't Jimmy leave the room? No, this is before him leaving the room. And all you see is just the whites of his eyes, like sitting there, like he's contemplating all the things he's gonna do to Shawn Michaels. <laughs> And then continue, Joe. When Jr. said I had an out of body experience, I, I got chilled. no. When Jim Ross said he had an out of body experience, Jimmy literally had an out of body experience. <laughs> Christian, wasn't that the first paper you ever watched over his house? Yes. <laughs> so, um, oh my God. So, but Jr. has that legendary line. Not just that. Not just that one, but uh, let me see if I can say this right. And Jimmy Flukapedia could correct me. Last rides, choke slams, tombstones, and a kick out, and a kick out. Was I, There's was no that, one like right? JR. There's no one like JR. I just so rewatched, he was there just rewatched you know, my annual tradition ever since the network came thing is watch media matches. Of course, I had to watch that one and still get the same goosebumps, still, um, still cringe when you see Taker go over the top rope and almost break his neck. You know, yeah, and then and then on, on the flip, and then that moonsault into the tomb. Was that the end of the moonsault into the tombstone? The moonsault yes. into the the moonsault into Taker caught him. So yeah, but they and were if- instant when Shawn Michaels hit that sweet chin music like the second or third time. It's like sweet chin music, kicking acting one two. Oh no. So I, I I could tell you that after that match, I think Jimmy needed a, a cigarette because he was he was he was so satisfied. After. Want to want to know why I was want to know why I was so satisfied after that, Chris? Mm. Because I knew the level of match I just saw, and me being the inexperienced fan, because my eyes were not still totally open to how the business worked and all that. I was saying to myself, "That was the greatest match you've ever seen, and your favorite wrestler won it." that's what's going through my cranium when that match happened, when it was over. When it was over, I'm like, that's the greatest match you've ever seen, and The Undertaker won it. So now I got more, I said, now I got the streak, and I got the best match of all time, and my guy was one half of it. So, because I was, if you weren't The Undertaker or Sting, I didn't give two shits. Um, well, uh, to piggyback, to go back to the street for a moment, just to add to what you said a little bit earlier, that was part of the excitement um, leading up to me. Oh, who can face the streak? Oh no, the streak's gonna end. Okay, Nicker wins. Uh, who's next year's opponent? You know, you remember what I used thing. to say, Joe. You remember what I used to say got, at the end that, of every match? 
Okay. Never mind about who 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 broke it. Um, they should have kept it. That's that's the biggest robbery for me. They took that fun element away from, uh, out of media. The, the, the biggest robbery for me was that every year leading up to WrestleMania, your I stress level. Come on, Undertaker. I would watch literally every Undertaker WrestleMania match leading up to WrestleMania, and they took that away from me because now I can't because the streak's dead. It's over. So you, you, you know what I used to say every year? I used to, so let's just say, like, I'm just going to throw a number out there. It'd be like, if Shawn Michaels is number 18, who's going to be number 19? Every year. Every year, I, I, I used to say that used to be the, uh, the, the, the tradition. Well, judging by the, how much time we got left, you probably should talk about what's going to be going on this weekend. I guess we'll just do the big match. We don't have to do entire cards. Yeah. But, um, well, I mean, I'll, I'll – okay, so – Whatever so, you just want to do, I'm cool. So, we'll, we'll, so I'll, I'll name some of the matches, and then we can go through our predictions. So uh, we have the uh, – for night one, which is Saturday – we have the uh, this the SmackDown Women's Championship, which is Sasha Banks versus uh, Bianca Belair. Well, here, okay, so I'm looking forward to this match, not just for the history adding element. It's one of those things where they're. This is where I'm scared about, and I hate when WWE does this. You get caught up like someone you're convinced somebody's gonna win, and they've been building up Bianca like crazy, like uh, two straight. Impressive Rumble, uh, impressive Royal Rumble performances. Obviously, winning this year, um, but I think at, it's definitely. At, a tr- did she win at n- number one, or or am I thinking something else? Number three. She's number three. Okay, number okay. well, close enough. She pulled um, a Ric Flair. Yeah. And honestly, she uh, should go over. But I know what Joe's talking about. That fear that all oh, all the signs are pointing that this is what should happen, and that's exactly what should happen. Except it doesn't. It's like what happened with Asuka. You know, all signs were like, pointing I that she was going to win, and then she taps out like a bitch. I think Corey Graves mentioned on one of his podcast on his podcast that he that Bianca might be not ready. I think she's definitely ready, and she should win this match. So my prediction is Bianca Belair. Me and Joe are two for two. All right. Uh, so uh, this is a match. I think. You're gonna be getting ready for a Jimmy Mania like rant, uh, which which we're all I'm all for that. Uh, Cesaro versus Seth Rollins, J- Jimmy go, <laughs> and he takes his glasses off. Oh boy! Cesaro goes over. What more needs to be said? Seth Rollins is a made man. He has beaten Brock Lesnar. He has beaten Triple H. He has beat up the Fiend. He gains nothing from winning. Cesaro, on the other hand, is a guy that has been booked like shit for years. He has maintained a positive attitude. He has maintained a great physique. He has maintained a fierce work ethic. It's time. They screwed up. I think we could all agree, even though everyone thinks Jimmy's crazy or whatever, because I'm opinionated and I don't give a shit. Cesaro got screwed over big time after he won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal because he had all that babyface momentum and they gave him a fucking heater. Oh, that was smart. Hmm. And then they never did anything with them afterwards. They kept them toiling in the tag team division. Then he came back with the great James Bond-like gimmick, which I thought was awesome. 
And then that went nowhere, and he ended up teaming with Sheamus. I mean, what do they have to – this is my argument. They got more money than God. They'll never go out of business. What do they have to lose by trying with Cesaro? That's what I say. I think the guy's more than earned an opportunity. Give it to him. Seth Rollins doesn't need – what does Seth Rollins gain from beating Cesaro? He gains nothing. Cesaro, on the other hand, can greatly benefit from a WrestleMania victory over a named talent like Seth Rollins. I mean, if Daniel Bryan, who beat Evolution all in one night, could put him over, why can't Seth Rollins? That's my rant. I think, I think Danny, I mean, Cesaro, inside joke, a good fr- our friend Danny looks exactly like him. I think Cesaro should win and will win. And then been making him look like a million bucks the past couple of months as well. Uh, he's going pulling... to swing them like 60 times. <laughs> no, 37. It should be 37, 37. times. Joe just, took, Joe just took the words right out of my mouth. Mm. Yeah, it should be 37. That, that, that'd be funny. Um, all right, so uh, let's see. What, what are big matches here for night one? Uh, okay, so I guess, I'll, I guess we'll mention the uh, – the, well, of course, this is the main event for night one. Uh, this is a match that I'm really conflicted. Well, I this is match for night one that I'm conflicted over. Night two, I have a, a match that I'm conflicted over. But night one for the WWE Championship, it's Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre. I'm conflicted. I'm so torn. I'm torn. I'm, I'm torn. So torn. I, I'm, I'm surprisingly not. Yeah. I'm, I'm not I'm, conflicted well, in the slightest. I'm torn because it's like I like Bobby Lashley. I was extremely like when Bobby Lashley won, like not a lot of times, like when somebody wins a title, like you feel like you feel it. Like when Bobby Lashley like won, like I felt it. I was so happy for him. Cause I remember like being 15 and watching him debut in WWE and seeing him grow into like this, this character. And then finally, like 17 years later, him winning the belt. I was like, so I was so like, Jack for him winning. And same thing with Drew McIntyre when he won last year. Uh, I was under the circumstances of what was going on. He didn't really get the chance to win it in an audience, in front of an audience, but I was really happy for him winning too. And he had a pretty good title run, pretty lengthy title run. It was like about like six, seven months. And then he won it, but he lost it for like three weeks and then he won it back, which I think if you win it back, I think that means you're, you're a made man. To me, like you, you win the title once, that's good. You have a lengthy title run, that's really good. And then if you win it again, I think that's even better. That shows like the company's really look at it that way. Yeah. Very well, good. Okay. Yeah. But like, I, thing. but it's like I want Bobby Lashley to win because it's like I want to have a lengthier title run, but I also want Drew McIntyre to win because I like Drew McIntyre as champion. I I think he deserves his moment in front of an audience. That's what well, this is the this yeah so so before um last um before Lashley f- finally won the title um I thought for sure Drew would be the champion going into Mania before they did that cra- that crazy fuckery where um Lashley screwed him miscast in that's why I was hoping Edge uh to to skip a little ahead that's why I was hoping Edge would face Drew. Roman would face Daniel Bryan for the Universal title, but um, Drew has been the guy, like, I get behind guys that are deserving and stuff like that. Um, And, 
yeah, he had a title run, lost it for a little bit. Should have never lost it to Orton. Um, agreed. But agreed. I'm, I'm glad he. I'm glad he did win it back, quote unquote, in front of fans, the Thunderdome way. Um, but the thing is, you build up Bobby so much. He looks so good. Yeah, he was dominating, dominating over this past year. Like dom- dominated over Miz. Um, I think Bobby's gonna retain because he um, and Drew wouldn't mind doing the honors because uh, Lashley uh, just won just won, won just won the title. But do you want to do you want to end that so fast? And, and WWE wouldn't surprise me if they did that uh, with somebody whose title reign literally just begun. But Drew does deserve that. Uh, big moment, especially with fans there at the stadium he was supposed to perform in a year ago. It just, uh, it feels so torn. I'll be happy if either guy wins. Um, I don't mind if they do a long, I hope this is a long feud that goes yeah, me too. into the summer. If Drew wins it, I just hope he wins it back to Lashley. It's just that um, uh, I don't, th- both guys look so good and this is exactly the type of match that Vince McMahon likes the two heavyweights. And it does have that big it's a fight big feel match. to it. Yeah. It does have that big fight feel, but it's not Goldberg Lesnar. These are two athletic freaks that can move around so quickly. Um, and the fact, uh, I feel so torn. I'll be happy with either guy. Yeah, wins, I'm, but I'm, I'm happy. I don't want to see, I don't, I don't want to see either guy lose either. It's, it's tough. Go ahead, Jimmy, your turn. They've done a good job in making both guys look good. And to give the WWE credit, they have allowed Drew McIntyre to look really well. To give WWE credit, they have also made Bobby Lashley look extremely dominant. However, unlike the two of you, I am not torn. There should only be one winner of this match, and that's the almighty Bobby Lashley. And I'll tell you why. Yes, I agree. Drew McIntyre should get a moment with fans. But that can always happen. They can always put the belt on him again, whether it's at SummerSlam or the Survivor Series. Bobby Lashley just got the title. And when I'm sitting on my couch and I read that he jobbed out the Miz, which I'm not going to lie, I went on YouTube and I put that clip on and I loved every single second of that i think it's i think it's the most life because in my opinion the miz as great a human being he might be as a pro wrestler he sucks giant he's a great great heel though he's great on the mic you can't take that away from him no no he's listen that's why in my book he should have been a manager my 50-plus-year-old uncle could kick the shit out of him. Ooh. I'm supposed to believe that he could beat up Drew McIntyre? I don't buy it. Hey, he's Bobby married, Lashley to me. He's married to... Uh, uh, Good for him! Good that, for him! That, that, makes that him has nothing heel. to do with that, his toughness. That makes him a heel in my book. <laughs> that has, his, the, 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 the woman he married has nothing to do with his toughness. But... Honestly, Jimmy, anybody in your family could beat up the miss. <laughs> my two-year-old probably could. I was about to say your two... Uh, your... The kid, the, the Please, you, you, you should see the way he go, You should see the way he goes to town on Christian when he comes here. Yeah, yeah, he beats me up. Well, but anyway, anyway, but it, but anyway, you, back to the back to the match. I agree with you guys that Drew deserves to have a moment in front of fans. 
But like I said, that could always happen. Bobby Lashley just got the title. And the way I see this match going, if the WWE wants to be smart, this is what they do. Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre having their match. And at some point, Lashley starts to gain an advantage. And here comes Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. It looks like they're going to try to help Lashley. It looks like they're going to help Drew. They help Lashley. And the Hurt Business, the whole thing about the Hurt Business breaking up was a charade just so they could be there at ringside because they're not part of the Hurt Business anymore. Because remember, Lashley wins, but wins, but it's not clean. He he gets help from his old friends. That would be the smart thing to do. That would be the smart thing to do, because the hurt business in my book, one of the few bright spots about Raw. I mean, Raw's not killing it in the creative role. I mean, we could all agree on that. The hurt business was one of the good things that they had going. They had them drop the tag titles for for dumb dick reasons few weeks out of mania then they break them up the only thing i can hope for is that they ban the hurt business from ringside but had shelton and cedric kicked out so that way they could justify themselves psychologically being at ringside because they're not part of the hurt business anymore but they help bobby in the end he welcomes them back into the hurt business and it turns out it was all a charade that would be the smart thing to do the stupid thing they could do is just have Bobby Lashley lose it after not even having it a month. Because how could I state that when Bray Wyatt won the title back in 2017 and then I lost was just it to Orton, Bray Wyatt. not yeah. even a month later, and he just drops it to Orton. It was dumb then. It would be dumb now. You went there with Bobby Lashley. You need to go all the way with him. And they should have one goal in mind. SummerSlam. Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar. You do that fucking match. That's what I have to say oh. about that. <laughs> All right. Um, so, I guess night two? Yes, night two. Uh, let's see here. Night two. Let's see. Let's see. All right. So, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn with Logan Paul so, as, 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 the, as their. Uh... Oh, Logan Paul. No. Nope. So, um, if we had more time, we could talk about the celebrity aspect of WrestleMania over the years. I know we touched upon it when Jimmy mentioned Pete Rose. Uh, I think it's so, st- I, um, I think it's so stupid to, to include uh, YouTube celebrity as part of this. But anyway, the match itself has uh, potential has the potential to steal match of the weekend. It's right there with uh, Rollins and Cesaro from night one. As the show steal, I wouldn't be surprised if this match opens up the the show for night two. Um, real quickly, do you think do you think going forward they should keep the two night aspect? Do you, I mean, yeah, it was kind of cool. It's kind of cool, and they you know they had to make the most of the situation last year. Um, we had Saturday and Sunday, um, but now that they're going to be back in a stadium, do you like the two night concept? I honestly do. And it also gives them the ability to do a smaller arena one night and a bigger arena another. Like, could you imagine they go to MetLife one night, but MSG the first night? I mean, well, w- logistically, they would stay in the same venue. Uh, but I think they should keep it, honestly, because from personal experience two years ago, I think it's two, uh, this is actually the two, 
the week two uh two years since I was at WrestleMania 35. But from personal experience, sitting in a place, I mean, don't get me wrong, I had the time of my life being back at another WrestleMania, but for seven hours, it was so tough. Too long. Oof, too long. So to have it spread out like this, I think I agree. I agree. It, if there's one good thing to keep from the pandemic, it's this. Anyway, go on, Christian. Uh, good uh, thought, Joe. Good thought. From from a fan standpoint, I think it's really awesome that, that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are going to have a match of WrestleMania. Because me and Jimmy followed them from Ring of Honor. Oh. I, I, I oh. introduced Jimmy to their fight. Kevin Steen and El Generico. Yeah, to their fight with... I don't know who this El Generico guy is. He 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 left uh, uh, somewhere a long time ago. Somewhere in Tijuana. Yeah, El Generico and Sami Zayn are not the same person. No, know. absolutely not. Yeah, but um, the dumb the dumb shit in the mask disappeared. Yeah. Uh. So uh, I, I'm I followed their days in Ring of Honor. I showed Jimmy the fight without honor honor match. So that was. Uh, My sister thinks that that's the best match she's ever seen. Yeah. So I'm I'm really happy that they're having their WrestleMania match. As well friends. deserved. As friend, no, as friends, they must be like shitting their brains out. Of course, because um, they grew up loving. They grew up loving the business. So the fact that they're going to get to wrestle each other on the grand stage. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I'm happy with whoever wins. I'm I'm pretty sure uh, Kevin Owens is probably <laughs> going to win. I'm in the same camp with you, Chris. I don't yeah. care who wins the match. I just want the match to be about them and not about the celebrity. Let those two. They don't need to be told what to do they know what they do they know each other very well let them go out there let them do their thing and they'll be just fine take the handcuffs off of them let them be the opening match they'll get the crowd pumped up that's actually a very good spot for them to be in you start night one with Cesaro and 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 fucking Seth Rollins and you start night two with Owens and Zane I mean and you take the handcuffs off let them do whatever they want and Pretty much. I think Kevin Owens is going to go over as well, you know, and I really don't have a preference. It wouldn't bother me regardless of who goes over. Like if Sami Zayn managed to pull it out, wouldn't bother me. Uh, I know I, I want KO to win, but I don't mind either one winning, but, uh, but I can't, Sami Zayn's so good in his current role that he's involved into, but I can, that's why I could see, somehow seeing him win. But to, if you're going to start out hot, I could see KO winning. So, yeah, and honestly, I was wrong about Sami Zayn. I did not think he'd be a good heel. I used to say there's no way he could be a heel. It won't work. I was dead wrong. I have no shame in admitting it. The guy proved me proved me wrong. He's so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, what do you got next? Um, so I guess uh, The Fiend and Randy Orton, which I'm disappointed it's not a Firefly Funhouse match. Because <laughs> the Firefly... You know, the- because the Firefly Funhouse match last year was so uh, was so much fun. Yeah, but 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 you're not gonna when you finally get a crowd live crowd back like that, you're not gonna have them stare at a giant screen. I mean, yeah. as great I as agree. it might be, I'm sure they'll I'm sure they'll uh, work their magic and you know why it uh, or the fiend I should say will have his powers to make do everything possible. Oh god. Um, oh god the, 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 you're you get WrestleMania 33 uh, Oh please I don't even like I said I need to get electroshock treatments to forget that show and it includes the Orton Wyatt match which was complete dog shit with the with the this is how dumb they were that night. By the Wyatt, way for people by, by the way for people, 
hold on for people that don't know the fiend and bray wyatt are the same person <laughs> yeah people that don't know. but they had wyatt use all those effects they made him use all that shit and he still lost he still well, lost I, I, which i, I mean, think the opposite's happening this weekend i think wyatt's gonna kick his ass piggy piggybacking on what joe and everyone was saying about the bobby lashley uh uh McIntyre match. match. Uh, uh, the Bray Wyatt only held the, uh, the WWE title for like a month, and they put it on Orton. So, yep. Yeah. So I mean, just just one of many examples of yeah. their dumb dick decisions over the years. But um, yeah, no. The Fiend. I see the, the Fiend winning. The, yeah, there's no way. He's, there's no way. No way. No um, way he's losing. No way he should lose. They should. Vince needs to resist the urge to just do what he wants. He and, needs to well, resist thing, the urge. And, and I don't think Orton really cares if he loses. <laughs> he, he always comes off as like the guy that's like, oh. Well, it's, the, it's, it's been the one great thing about the Fiend character. They did been, um, besides a few things here and there, they've been pretty consistent on that he's avenged the losses of Bray Wyatt. You see, you saw how amazing they made him look in the in the Funhouse match with Cena last year, if you yeah. even want to call it a match. Um, so I think he'll write that wrong, especially since he was legit, legit, he was lit on fire at the TLC pay-per-view and Randy Orton was not arrested for murder for whatever reason. <laughs> Do you um, think we ever get Code Orange to play his music live? I mean, it's WrestleMania. I wouldn't rule it out. Um, I mean, I'll mention to do another last thing. year. Last year they were supposed to they were supposed to play him to the ring. I mean, maybe they're keeping it a surprise. I mean, um, uh, we'll get when we get to the main event. But I mean, of down the road, I'm not about, just talking. I'm not just talking about this weekend. But do you think they ever play him to the ring? Uh I, I, it's, I, it's WrestleMania back in front of a live crowd. I want to rule it out. I mean, he did have, uh, uh, without talking about what happened in that match, he did have a Mark Bowser in the ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I, I want to rule it out, and I'll talk about this with another another wrestler coming up in another band in a little bit. Uh, anyway, so I think the Fiend is definitely winning, and so do I. And and there's going to be an amazing entrance, and uh, Alexa Bliss is going to look amazing no matter what. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, Joe, I'm 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 with you on that one. You guys are something else. Yeah. <laughs> Christian, you have any mad? Uh, no. No, I'm sorry. I got a little distracted by you uh, saying Alexa Bliss. My wife, my wife hears the two of you and just says, boys. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, uh, Alexa Bliss. Um, oh, God. Uh, so, uh, you got to be shit. Damn it. What's. Uh, what's the woman's what's title the next match? match? Next yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, Oscar. Uh, versus Rhea, Rhea Ripley. I remember I commented on the. I, yeah, I'm, I remember I'm, commented. I'm torn too. I remember I said like when this match became a thing, I'm like, wow, I, this is a match I didn't know I wanted. I'm really excited for. Um, so I thought I feel torn too because Rhea got raw. Uh, Last year in the match with Charlotte, great match, but the wrong person won. Yeah, I feel like Rhea got robbed for a moment last year. And Oscar's that's usually been the case with Charlotte. That's it. And Oscar's it been the champ. Be in the Breakfast Club. Oscar's been the champ. And besides losing it for a few weeks, and but then winning back, she's been pretty much champion uh, since Becky Lynch 
had to leave uh, when she when she was having a baby. So I could see Rhea winning, but this could be a feud that can last into the summer. I want to see Asuka get her WrestleMania win. Um, she was probably going to win if the match happened with Charlotte before she went out with uh, testing positive with COVID. But I think it's Rhea's time. So I think like we, Bianca on Raw, we'll, we'll have two new women's champions with uh, Bianca winning on Saturday and Rhea winning the SmackDown Women. I mean, excuse me, the Raw women's title on Sunday. I agree with Joe. As much as as much as I have to say, Oscar to me is second to none. She is the best woman's wrestler in the entire company. It's always going to bug me that her first WrestleMania, she was made to look stupid after winning the Rumble. Then she was basically an afterthought. It drives me absolutely batty that the woman who is basically a killing machine. This was a woman that was fighting Minoru Suzuki in Japan. And for a long time, she was just, you know, doing nothing. Eventually, they came to their senses and started allowing her to hold the title. But like Joe accurately pointed out, Rhea Ripley needs to go over because of what happened last year. Now, if Rhea Ripley would have went over on Charlotte last year, I'd say she could afford a loss. But now you're presenting her to a mainstream audience. You cannot have her lose too often at the beginning stages because then you're going to condition the audience to believe she's a loser. And that's the risk Oscar. to run. That's why Oscar's anyone who tries to sell to you that wins and losses don't matter, see Dolph Ziggler. Please see Bray Wyatt before he turned into The Fiend. Please see Zack Ryder. Please see Ryback. CCM Punk during his freaking title reign of 434 days where he was playing semi-main event to People Power versus Cena. The way you're presented matters. It always does. Why do you think Roddy Piper had a no jobs on TV clause in his contract? So with all that said... Because he was a I genius. Love Os- <laughs> I love Asuka, but Rhea Ripley needs to go over. Definitely. It's- What's next? Uh, so let's see. Uh, sorry, I had the uh, the Hall of Fame one. Um, Pile it on. Pile it on. So I guess, okay, so you, again, another match that I'm conflicted on as to which of the two of the three combatants should win. Not necessarily a third person, but it's for the U.S. Honestly, this is the best, honestly, this is the best storyline going into WrestleMania. It really is. Uh, it's... And, and and I feel like we're back in uh, in 2014 again, but I'm not torn in the slightest. Okay. Roman Reigns. Okay, here's Edge. Okay, here's what's gonna happen. Oh God. <laughs> I, I love that when he does that. I love when he does that. When uh, WWE repeats a storyline, and you know, I uh, Joe has a thing I, where he says, "So this is what's gonna happen." When the situations are similar to situations from the past, and it's a classic Joe thing. I don't know what's better, that or. I can't believe it's not butter. <laughs> well, I don't sound like that, but you sound like you sound like more constipated than I, how I speak. But anyway, oh, uh, good one, good one. But um, I, I feel torn for this match too. But uh, so, like uh, on one side, on one side, it's like Roman Reigns is on best run that he's ever been on. 
It's the best character that he's been, that he's been on. I don't know exactly where we you would go after if Roman Reigns loses loses the belt. So it's like on one side, it's like I want Roman Reigns to win. It's like okay, but then we never had anybody that won the WWE the WWE World Heavyweight and the Universal Title. So like I would want Daniel Bryan to have that that accolade as being the uh, the first person to have all three of the world titles in WWE. Because I well, think Ed, that would... Edge, Edge could do the same thing too. Yeah. Well, I'm saying for, I think Daniel Bryan. I think that would be a cooler thing for him. Whereas like Edge just Edge is like an 11 time champion and correct. Yeah. And he's been the alternate and he's the ultimate opportunist and all this all this stuff and he's a legend. He's already a Hall of Famer. Exactly. So Edge like, can't build on his legacy. Yeah, it's he, his legacy's in concrete already. Yeah, he, he doesn't need it. But it's like I'm happy if Roman Reigns wins. I'm happy if Daniel Bryan wins. The best line I think Roman Reigns ever said in a promo was right before Fastlane when he was gonna fight Daniel Bryan, was he said, I would rather die in the ring then tap out and to some, then tap, tap out, out to, to somebody and then he taps face. out and then or, he taps oh, no, no, no. out morse code yeah and then <laughs> and then he and then he taps out but the referee doesn't see it and i think that would be a cool thing for had to have daniel bryan tap him out but uh yeah i'm i'm good either way <laughs> i'm good with one. um um okay so i get um, even more than the McIntyre Lashley match, I'm really torn about this. Um, I could see. Um, it's not really okay. So, see, it's hard to give an answer. So, I, I could see Roman winning if it was stayed a singles match. I see Edge putting over Roman and wanting to work with him uh, a lot from behind the scenes. But I think it wouldn't be surprised if it was Edge's idea to include Daniel Bryan. And there's that intrigue. And I feel like in a lot of ways, it's 2014 all over again. Um, I'm going to give this answer. We're going to have a new champion. But you just don't know who. You don't know who. Edge would, if Edge wins, he's beating Bryan. If, uh, if Bryan wins, I could see him maybe getting a sneak victory at Roman to protect his like on the fear streak since he debuted as his heel character. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, but you have the sentimental favor uh, with Daniel Bryan. Edge is showing his heel elements again from years ago as the true rated R superstar, but Roman's on a roll. Well, I think. Now, th- well, what I'm going to say is I think um, so uh, because this is the first time that we're in, they're having it in person. I think, well, J- Jimmy disagreed with, with this when I brought this up, but I think this is, since this is the first time they're in in front of an audience, I think they, they want to have a feel-good moment at WrestleMania, and I think that they want to send the audience home happy, which is why I'm leading myself to believe that Daniel Bryan's probably going to win. I'll take it. Even if he holds it for, uh, even though I, um, I'll take it. And I know Edge wouldn't ca- um, care about being the one taking the pin from Brian or tapping out to Brian. But at the same time, there's that whole element that Edge never lost the world title when he was retired. You know, he's coming back to win the title. So I feel like that might win out. Um, 
side note, I know we mentioned a few awesome entrances and we could do, do, do a, whole, a whole episode of entrances. Um, as you both of you know, I'm a huge fan of Ulta Bridge. Even before Edge um, became famous for using um, Metalingus, I really hope uh, nothing's been announced as of yet. We're recording this on a Tuesday night. WrestleMania is going to be th- – this match is going to be on the Sunday. Uh, I really hope Ulta Bridge plays Edge to the ring. Um, I remember posting about it Edge won the Rumble. Yeah, like, Jimmy, like, you want to see Cole on play your guy wide to the ring? Absolutely. Uh, Ulta Bridge needs to play Edge to the ring. And I thought – but he's kind of walk, walking that heel face line. Is that's why he said on the when he used to do his podcast with Christians, like, oh, that's why I never had an entrance on Mania. I was always the heel. Um, but he's kind of walking that line up until a few weeks ago. He was a, a clear cut face, but he's a tweener now, so he's back to his like old ways. And he's pissed at Brian, you know, is getting in his way to win his title back. So, um, but I just had my Jimmy rant there. Um, <laughs> So using that's using details and speaking your mind isn't a rant, Joey boy. And how about so this? the bro- you with this? What if Edge and Wyatt both get their band entrances when they face each other next year? Oh well. <laughs> how about that for a thought? That'd be incredible, but I'm I'm being selfish. <laughs> I want to see it this year. Edge is back. That's fine. That's fine, and I'd be all for it. But I know there's a whole- really good albums. Um. But I know there's a whole rule if you you know if you get played live to the ring, you're most likely losing at Mania in most cases. <laughs> so well, Triple H Triple H anyway. got played at 18 and, and he won. And he won. But that's Triple H. <laughs> but that wasn't Motorhead cool. playing Triple H to the ring. Oh, that's true. <laughs> how how cool would it have been if he was alive that Johnny Cash could have played Taker to the ring at 27? Oh man. Uh, or my boy Metallica playing him to the ring last year. That Damn, would have been hey, listen. Fucking COVID. Yeah, I uh, agree. I agree. Uh, so well, getting back to the match itself, who? Um, so I, I know I had a cop out of an answer. We're going to have a new champion, Brian or Edge. But who do you guys uh, – Christian, you picked Roman. Jimmy, who's your pick? All right. I oh, am boy. not in Strapping. the slightest – I'm not in the slightest torn. I'm being – now this is the one match where I am going to outwardly be selfish. I want Daniel Bryan to win, and I want him to tap out Roman Reigns. And I'll tell Thank you why. You. Roman Reigns has had how many WrestleMania main events? Multiple. This is going to be five. And against how many big names? All of them were big names. He's Triple got H, Taker. Beat, he got Brock twice. He got to beat Triple H. He got to beat the fucking Undertaker. If this guy didn't have all these WrestleMania main events already to his credit, then I would say, well, Roman's a fresh heel. He's got to go over. However, because this guy, regardless of what anyone wants to say, has been crammed and pounded into that top spot, even when it was clear as crystal, the audience was not behind him. This so is do you why think he's I winning? Say, I do you think, think he's winning? winning pit- I think because of the new persona? Winning. I don't think he's losing. And as I told Christian last time I spoke to him, I don't think the WWE gives two shits about sending the crowd home happy. Because what? where was that care at WrestleMania 33? Where was that care at WrestleMania 32? Where was that care at WrestleMania 31? They didn't care. 30, you got 30 
because of circumstances, because Punk took the walk and Batista was so rejected, there was no way that they could go through with that. So I believe Roman's winning. I want to see Daniel Bryan win. And the main reason I want to see him win is because I want them to vindicate themselves from what they did in 2015. Because all that shit that happened afterwards, they could have avoided that. They absolutely could. And now I'm going to take the ultimate victory lap here on your show because all of us were saying Roman should have been a heel. And we were all called marks. We were all called this. We were all called that. Lo and behold, Roman turns heel. He's doing the best work of his career. I guess Does he mark, get cheered? Uh, it's the live crowd cheering Roman. No way he's going to get cheered. Not against I don't know. It ain't happening. I don't know. It ain't happening. Stranger Roman's not going to get cheered. Roman is not going to get cheered against Daniel Bryan. WrestleMania has, the, <laughs> WrestleMania has the hardest of the hardcore fans, the most loyal of wrestling fans. They're not cheering Roman Reigns over Daniel Bryan. They're not going to boo Daniel Bryan in favor of Roman Reigns. What Roman Reigns is now is what Triple H was during the reign of terror. A bad guy that everyone could hate. Is Brian eating the pin from Roman? Yes, he is. No question. The only reason they added Brian to this match was to protect Edge and Roman. And if I'm wrong, I'll admit it. Do I want to see Daniel Bryan win? Yeah. I want to see him win, take that universal title, throw it in the garbage, and take out the world heavyweight title. That's what Jimmy wants. I know one I know when, I know we, when we watched the Rumble uh, together, I know one thing we kind of butted heads over was um, wanting Brian to win the Rumble. and I didn't want him to win because ha- I didn't want to see him put over Roman Reigns again. Well, That's it happened. Reason- it ha- but um, in hindsight, you were right. But he, he's done it twice on two previous pay-per-views on Controversy Matters. So maybe since the buildup of Brian looks so good, there's that hope that if Brian gets that moment, even if, if it's a short title reign, that I don't care if he drops it on SmackDown the very next Friday. I don't care if he drops it immediately. If he's I the one that get his mania moment. If if he beats the one and then see so many good things can happen if Brian's the one that wins, and you have a long feud planted with Roman. Well, then you have set up the seats planted for Edge and Brian one on one. Yeah, they absolutely could. And, and which would be an amazing Edge match. Brian, Edge and Brian could have great matches with each other. There's no doubt. So, even imagine though if I Jay consider... Uso, imagine if Jey Uso screws Roman. Oh, that'd be amazing. And then could he's you just and um, and he's just been playing, you know, he's been quietly planning this the whole time. Like, um, just screw Roman on the biggest stage possible. How great would that be from a, from that a makes- story storytelling perspective? He's been under Roman's thumb since Roman came back. That makes per- I didn't even think of that. I mean, he's definitely interfering in the match, but if he turned on Roman, um, R- Roman gets beat, not clean, he got screwed by his cousin. So that, um, that could be a feud. I guess I see what you did there. He screws yeah, Roman. He goes back Brian to their feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, you keep you get Roman away from the uh, title for a little for bit. A little He'll while. eventually win it back. Brian yeah. and Edge go off and have their feud. So, you yeah, know, there's exactly. many possibilities. But 
I feel it like uh, I don't want Roman to win. You know, he's no, doing his job as a bad guy. I don't want the cocky asshole to win. I don't want Christian to win. So, <laughs> oh, did he hear me? Did he win? Did he hear me? I'm sure he did. I always win, Joe. Christian, you have anything to add before we uh, wrap it up and do the plugs? Or... Nope. Nope. All right. <laughs> so All right, it was good to be. So it was good to be back to get an episode. Jerry will be back on the next episode. Uh, oh, Christian, man. what do you? Christian, what would you like to plug first? Or uh, collective podcast. Continue listening in. Absolutely. Uh, on Anchor, Apple Podcast, Spotify. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. I'm sorry. I, I blanked out. I blanked out there for a minute. I do have plugs. Hold on. Uh, I do. I'll have... plug my sister's artwork, Art by Feluca, on yeah, Twitter me, and on Instagram. Give me a minute, Joe. I'm gonna. I, I was really about to. Uh, to I was about to mention her, but uh, you took care of that business. Yeah, uh, fellas, I don't have anything. Follow to our I'm new, a newly launched. Follow our newly launched Instagram page at CGJ Pod Christian Draw Joe Pod. Uh, Facebook Collective Podcast. Um, our friends over uh, on the Three Ugly Guys. Uh, they just did an incredible WrestleMania slash wrestling theme episode themselves. Uh, follow them on all the so platforms. <laughs> our good friend uh, Danielle, uh, highest uh, listened to episode of the season. Uh, follow her on Instagram with her group. Our at ladies underscore Lilit. Uh, underscore bk and uh might have to double check that um i feel like i'm forgetting people oh our co-host and friend jerry uh, is doing so well what the change within podcast um we've had a change with them without him last couple episodes but he'll be back who's apparently still uh we still see him we'll pull the curtain back we still see him uh but uh Um, jerry doing so well on his solo podcast yes he uh, is yes he is the light the, the views are piling in instagram facebook youtube anchor tiktok um and uh but if you want to see the full video definitely i definitely i definitely recommend the youtube page uh christian go ahead with your All plugs right, so uh, my plug so listen to the collective podcast on anchor spotify uh apple itunes all that great uh places uh, so also I always plug nightsport.com. So everybody nightsport.com is a growing social media experience that begun with the dream of creating a community of nerdy fans that are not, that are not restricted by the social media suppression algorithm that Facebook and Instagram and all those great places are, uh, are suppressing content. Uh, it's a place where content creators can share their videos, articles, and posts without the suppression for big from big social media, just like big, uh, <laughs> big pharma, but it's big social media, a place where people can share their ideas, request input on growing topics, it's a network where people can sell their products or services without being scrutinized by, by another big brand eating up the marketing share. That's nightsboard.com. Uh, we have a store up now. You'll be able to buy all things from all different kinds of uh, content creators. Uh, we just had our big event a couple of weeks ago. Uh, all we have some celebrities on there that do cameos as well as selling their products and stuff. So it's just a great place. You can sell your stuff too. Uh, just get in, get in touch with uh, the moderators over there. Uh, the leader over there is Game Master Craig. He uh, he just got Twitch affiliate, so you can follow him 
on Twitch TV. That's Game Master Craig, Nightsboard. All great things are happening over there as well. And yes, yeah, so that's pretty much pretty much my plugs. Thank you guys very much for having me on. I greatly enjoyed it. Yeah, we'll we'll have you back. Jimmy Mania running. Uh, Jimmy Mania running wild with his wrestling brother, knowledge. Brother, 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 brother. Can we please to quote Jerry as Star Wars a, episode? Yes, yes, yes. To quote, to quote Jerry to wrap this up. Love you. <laughs>